Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Cutscene Convos. This oh, week, we have got a character profile on Black Adam, She-Hulk finale, Rings of Power episode 7, and or episode 6, Werewolf by Night, the new special on Disney+. Plus. There's been a whole slew of Marvel delays, another iconic game is coming to PC, we're going to decide who would win if Captain America and Ghost Rider thought, all that good stuff, but first... Hurry, how was your week? Um, the stark opposite of last week, honestly. I mean, for for anyone who's listening that listened to last week's episode, they've heard me complaining. It's not the right word, but venting about how busy my week was with work. Um, to which, late Saturday evening, I get informed that one of the projects being. I was working on has been pushed back a month so immediately all pressure was gone and i have been pretty chill since also and you've, and you've been able to celebrate your colossal w yes so one of the i alluded to last week's episode but uh kcp has got a decal in rocket league which i designed which is very pog and very cool so, to see something i designed in a video yeah. game so if you are a Rocket League player and yeah, you've noticed go... the new the new decals in game, the ones for the Kansas City Pioneers was designed by that gorgeous man to my am I to your right? Are you to my right? I think you're to my right. I'm Over there. Left side of the screen, but technically you're right. Yeah. So I'm point... pointing to you, yeah. yeah that yeah. that handsome bastard there designed it and it is very, very cool and I'm very proud of him. It is a... And you should be too. It is a very cool moment. And getting to spy what all the other teams design as well, and knowing that well, we're, we're definitely better than some. So, no shade to those designers, but some teams definitely had a absolute. So, some teams didn't have a horizontals coming absolutely clutch. Hate to it. Well, yeah. Then things I've heard on the grapevine of what issues other teams have had and stuff. So, Oof. yeah. But truly hate to it. Other than that, like I went from being crazy busy to super chill week and i'm enjoying it and i have also i finally ventured into the world of anime connor oh did you <laughs> so oh, you're a, you're a silly silly man so as an artist i feel like so many people that i follow talk about like anime and how good it is and it's kind of become more mate the art style of anime is fire it's also oh, like there's... More people in the gaming space now watch anime, I feel, openly. I, the gaming space now is gaming, trainers, hoodies, anime. So, yeah, finally. The funny thing is, like, I started off with Initial D, which is the drift meme, the one that everyone memes. Um, And then now I'm watching Jujutsu Kaisen. And I mean, you kind of you kind of started with anime before that. You watched um, the Edge Runners, didn't you? Which well, I still yeah. need to finish. I'm trying to find so, time to finish it. Cause I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I've watched Edge Runners and I've watched um, like Studio Ghibli stuff in the past and all that. So, I mean, I've dabbled, but yeah, I've found. If, if you're gonna watch an anime, I'm not an anime watcher. Oh. The only go. anime that I have watched and watched multiple times is One Punch Man. Okay. It is so good. It is so funny. It is. I love it. I, I love it so I much. Add it to the list. 
I don't even know if I've watched all of it because I've watched like a season that was on Netflix, but I know anime seasons can be really weird sometimes, so I don't even know if that's all of it or not. Oh, there's probably more. Um, uh, but One yeah, Punch Man is one thing I would say. Like, I watched that and I was like, mm, anime might be lit. <laughs> well, Chainsaw Man came out this week that you might have seen some a bunch of people on Twitter talk. I think about. I think I saw stuff on Twitter about that. It was episode one and I watched that and that was very good. Um but yeah, that's been my week. Very more very much more chilled. Um how's your week been? Mm. I've had a shit week, mate. Yeah. Um we won't dwell on it too long because it's not the uh, time and place, but um what was it? it was late Friday evening my um grandfather suddenly passed away. Um it's shit. It happens. I'm probably going to seem cold and callous about it, because if I don't seem cold and callous, I'll be a blubbering mess, so it's it's just peak poison, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been unwell earlier this year, but he seemed to be a lot better and getting over it, so it um, came as quite the shock, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yes. Um, uh, yeah and now i'm kind of in like you know that feeling the the best way i've ever heard described you know crimbo limbo the week from christmas day to new year's day where you don't know what time is what day it is what plans you've got or anything yeah that that's exactly what we're all in right now i'm just kind of waking up in the morning going wait am i getting up for work today or is it the weekend or so yeah it's fun Mm. but we move on um there's nothing else that can be done right now other than just waiting for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you already know this, but all, all of the friend group are there for if anything you need. But... Yeah. It's just, it's just shit. Yeah. Um, coming, coming from an Irish background, the only other like close relative I've lost during like being properly old enough to fully understand what's going on was my other granddad. And that was in Ireland where we flew out two days before he passed um Mm. and he was buried like three days after he passed yeah they don't whereas yeah no we don't waste time so it's just the idea of waiting around for a month is absurd to me but there's nothing Um, you can do yeah i mean that's definitely not the normal even in this country no but um you say that's becoming more and more common well yeah because Every, Two, three weeks so used to be the normal, but now it's like a month is about as quick as you can get. So wild. Anyway, on to our character profile this week. Yes. So last week we did Doctor Fate, who's obviously going to be in the Black Adam movie coming out next mm-hmm. Friday. Um, God, that's next Friday. That is next Friday. Um, so I thought this week we would do Black Adam. Now, as I said to Hori just before the podcast started. There is a um, character that I knew oh. <laughs> was coming in the She-Hulk finale. Um, but I decided I wouldn't last minute change my character profile. Um, so tune in next, next week, week for that. Ne- next week's may well be different to what I was initially planning. We'll see. Anyway, who is Black Adam? Despite what The Rock would have you believe, he's say, not Dwayne just a Rock? comic book version of The Rock. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into that. So, Black Adam, a.k.a. Theo Ramesses Joseph Teth Adam. Hell of a name. Um, he was an ancient Egyptian slave. 
Okay. Um, in the, I, I don't believe it is a real place. Uh, Kondok, I believe it is just the D, in the DC world. Let me just confirm. Can't this. say I've heard of it. Kondok, Con yeah, it's a D, it's a fictional city in DC. That's fine. Okay. Um, they were from there where it was ruled over by a vicious dictator. The classic. And then eventually his nephew and him tried to escape. Mm -hmm. And his nephew was given the powers of the wizard Shazam. Shazam. And as people may know from comic books or from the Shazam film, um, when you have these powers, you can share them. So his nephew shared the powers with him so that they could free Karndok. Okay. Um, the problem is they had a bit of a disagreement on how they were going to do that. Black Adam was like, hey, yo, fuck these dictators. Let's just... Fair. And his nephew was like, no, we don't kill people. We're just going to take power away from them. So he decided for the greater good, he had to kill his nephew so that Conduct could actually be free and that that was a worthy sacrifice. Oh. <laughs> um, so he did kill his nephew and he took all of the power for himself. Well then. Yes. Um, he became known as Mighty Adam. Okay. And he's, he did free Kondok from all the dictators. Um, and he watched over it and kept it safe and peaceful. So, yeah, he did some sketchy stuff, but he then went Stuck about just... Yeah, he was like, I just wanted to protect these people. That's all I'm going to do. But that wasn't all he did. He then decided he would try to kill the Council of Eternity which are the group of wizards, um, including Shazam. I'm sure that went well for him. He killed basically all of them other than Shazam. Oh. Um, Shazam was the only one that survived. Again, you guys will probably recognise that from the Shazam movie. Um, you, you see all the chairs, and the only one who's there is a very old-looking wizard. Um, Shazam then banished him... I can't remember the exact wording, but basically out into deep space. Right. And renamed him Black Adam. Right. Because death was what followed on, blah, 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 blah. Um, this is all after, like, New 52 and DC timeline fuckery, so this might be slightly different to what some of you may remember. Um, upon his return to Earth, he then fought Shazam's new champion, Billy Batson, mm -hmm. um, on a number of occasions, just because he was like, no, I'm the true champion, blah, 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 blah. That's kind of his real origin from back in the day of him just being a generic villain. And right. then they fleshed it out more when they realized, oh, there could be a good character hidden away in here. Um, so then after fighting Billy for a while and going back and forth, he decided that he needed to see what would become of his beloved Kondok. Right. Um, and he arrived to find out a new dictator was in power. Classic. So he deposed the current dictator and as best i can kind of tell he is now essentially an anti-hero um imagine kind of a black panther and a more style character in the sense of cares for their people but not really yeah looks else. after their people but after that they're not really too fast unless it's like gonna destroy the whole planet which mm -hmm. would then hurt their people yep. but um 
maybe a little, maybe a touch more aggressive. Okay. I guess would be my best way of describing him. Interesting. Black Adam is a very, very interesting character with lots of good stuff there. It's um, good job they've got such an interesting actor to play him. I think a very strong script and a lot of editing and working with The Rock might make it work. My only big concern is how much power he was given over the film. Him in the role I don't hate. The amount of power he got with the role is where I'm concerned. Um, I do also think that role maybe should have gone maybe to like an Egyptian. Well, but at least the role wasn't whitewashed. So like, true. pick and choose. I, as someone who's not from Egypt, don't care to decide if the rock is acceptable or not. But I will leave that up to the people of Egypt to decide if they're happy with the rock portraying their um, yeah. their character. Um, but that's all I've really got to say on Black Adam. I'm, I've got to be honest. While I'm nervous for this film because of DC's reputation, there is definitely an opportunity for this to be a good film. The trailer looks really good. The visuals yeah. look really good. I'm just worried we're going to get like a mid two thousands kind of script. My worry is more so. Are they just going to poke hole more holes in the whole DC universe than they? Like they're so I bad at tying stuff together. I do think Flash and Aquaman being thrown out. Like, are, are they even coming out next year at this point? Or are they back in twenty twenty four? Who knows? Are, are they even coming out? Um, I, I I am a little bit concerned, but we can't really say it's a plot hole until we know for sure. I guess. True. 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 Um, but I will go in there. I will watch it as an independent film, and only assume it is connected if like it's obviously connected. But hopefully, it's good. I'm going it, into this it'll film. Be, it'll be fun to see some characters we've not seen before. I'm going into this film and watching it as if it's the uh, Fast 13 film. We've got Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Atom Smasher, Black Adam. We've got some cool characters that haven't really been seen before. I'm hoping it'll be good. Oh, I love how you just very swiftly <laughs> pass my job. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not nibbling. Um... Uh. The She-Hulk finale. Yes. And I just want to start off. You were right, Connor. But before we the get into opening, how right I was about many things. The opening title. I, I, I I've, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got a number of things we need to go through here. First okay. and foremost, and people are going to hate this. Oh, oh. That finale was the best finale of all of the Disney Plus shows. Every other Disney Plus finale, I looked at the timer at some point and went, they've not got a lot of time to wrap this up. She-Hulk, I clicked on the timer and went, what are they going to do for these last couple of minutes? We then found out, which was very pog. I wasn't expecting it. Um, but their pacing for the finale was phenomenal. Um, whether you actually liked the quality of the finale is different, but for me, as someone who's enjoyed all of the shows... That was the best finale because I didn't find myself going, Jesus Christ, this feels a bit rushed. Yeah, in pacing terms of things, I think they've nailed it this this series. Overall, just like, there was, what, one episode, like episode two or three where we felt like 
Yeah, three. It slipped slightly, but yeah, it's actually meant the rest of it's felt fine. So yeah. I would agree. Um, the finale had a good pace so, to it. There are so before we get into the actual show, I've got to address one of my other comments from last week and double down on it. Oh, last week I called this show essentially Rick and Morty. You did, mate. Tell me I'm fucking wrong. Let's and do you just... know what the best bit is? The people who are going to hate that comment the most are the people who are going to go, oh, no, Rick and Morty's so much smarter than She-Hulk, not realising how dumb they sound while they say it. I just loved how many, like, pop culture references they got into this finale. Okay, so this is this is, this is is where we get into the really good stuff, because I don't think you fully understand how deep a cut the first joke in this entire show is. They teased it earlier, and then they doubled down. So, She-Hulk as a character came about in a very interesting way. Okay. So, in the 70s, you had the Hulk TV show. Yeah. Which is obviously what the opening credits were an homage to, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's even better than you think. This joke is so meta. Okay, so, that show was doing so well mm. that the studio who were making it for Marvel... We're getting ready to make a spin-off about Bruce's cousin. Right. But Marvel didn't have that character. They hadn't written She-Hulk yet. Okay. So the studio were going to make this character up and then own them. Oh, so, okay. So Marvel got in quickly and trademarked She-Hulk, which is why we had that joke about fighting for the name She-Hulk earlier in the series. Oh, my God. That was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek reference to that. And then they doubled down by doing an homage to the entrance to the show that literally caused She-Hulk to come into existence. <laughs> and yes, okay, yeah, now we can talk about that. how right I was by me saying the title would be Savage She-Hulk for this yeah. week. As soon as that popped up, I was like, ah, oh, Connor's going to just instantly be in there and be like, see, I told you. <laughs> yeah, so in, in the chat where I went, bro, I'm a fucking genius. That was literally as that happened. I, 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 I literally hadn't much. even watched any more of the episode yet. <sighs> Just from that point, I was like, I feel like there's going to be a... Like, this isn't going to be a normal finale. But that that joke for the entrance and stuff was so outrageously meta. I, I, I couldn't... I was like, that is brilliant. Can we also talk about the fact that they teased that finale intro before the show even came out with that that shot of bruce mm -hmm. and jenna and like and everyone's like hmm i wonder how this is gonna fit into the show and like what they're gonna are they gonna pull off a a wonder vision sort of thing where they do like a, <laughs> and no one had any idea um but it was so so good um what are the other things that are oh, there was so much there was a lot okay happened. so we we come back into the into the show. Jen's been arrested for hulking out. Mm -hmm. um, Intelligentsia have got what they wanted. She's embarrassed herself, and mm -hmm. as a result, she's instantly been arrested. I don't even know if she committed any crimes. Well, it was damage control, right? Yeah, but the ODC. did she commit a crime? One. Well, no, but damage control doesn't necessarily wait for them to commit a crime, do they? No. they just I, 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 I guess my point is, I think her being arrested was kind of the show pointing out the absurdity of victim blaming. Oh, like, it's 100% like, 
meant to come across as like they've arrested her before she's done anything. Yeah. And like the fact that they're just scared because she's a Hulk. Yeah. Um, but then she accepts um, that she won't have any charges brought against her as long as she wears her inhibitor. Mm-hmm. And there, and that's when we kind of get the payoff of the whole her le- learning to love being both Jen and She Hulk, and mm-hmm. they pay that off by her now feeling empty. Yeah. And then she decides to go see her good friend Emil because he's been through this exact same thing. Maybe he can help. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess you can retroactively look back on it as just writing to move the plot along. Um, because she doesn't particularly like Emil, so why would she want to go spend time with him? But obviously, it's to move the plot along. Yeah, though I would say after that episode where she spent the time at the retreat, she gained a bit more, like, I guess, respect or whatever for what he was doing. Um, and this is where the stupidity really ensues. And I think a lot of us started going, What is happening? <laughs> so you have. Pug and Nikki breaking into the intelligentsia comp, and I hate to say it, Hori. You look like you'd fit in there. Whoa, <laughs> toxic. Uh, tell me I'm wrong though. You're wrong. They, I think I think they made the crowd look a little bit too hipster and not incel enough. Um, I don't know. There was there's definitely some incel-y. Oh, I it's, mean, all but the thing is, it's like it's all just gym jocks and gym bros and yeah we also though for them to get to there is jen's mom gave nicky okay, that one video sec. one sec one sec but i paused it while at work did you see some of the instant comments that popped up oh no i didn't i should have paused and Mate, read them they they it literally looked like a reddit comment thread oh, it, it probably was is... like um i would have hit her back then before she became a crazy psycho it was like and my favorite one was like you can see thong at one minute 11 (laughs) it's like bro that's that's typical internet well it's like it wouldn't surprise me if they are comments they've seen on the internet and pulled because haven't they done that with tweets where they've actually pulled real tweets about the show and then yeah um but do you know what the funny thing is every week this show has feel like it's responded to the trolls from the week before Hmm. But this show was all filmed and shot and edited months ago. So they've just successfully predicted what all the dickheads are going to say. Yeah, yeah, this is true. <laughs> Which shows how unoriginal you are, by the way. Oh, yeah, it shows how predictable the internet is. Um, you get, like, chaos breaking out, Todd um, making the big reveal that he was Hulk King, which was kind of obvious, but... Not yeah. massively. We never outright said it, but I assumed he was involved somehow. I didn't assume he was Hulk King. I assumed he was like his right hand man. Um, Do you know what I was annoyed that we didn't see? Go on. Josh. Yeah, it felt a bit weird, but I guess he was I'm okay like if I never see that man again. <laughs> true, true. He was probably like a hired guy, I guess. I'd or... imagine so. Um, so then we get him doing the big blood stolen power. Oh, I'm powerful now. Mm-hmm. Abomination trying to help Jen. Hulk comes crushing through the roof, at which point Jen's making fourth wall breaks. And they're like, this is chaotic as fuck, even for a Marvel show. Yeah, What's and Titania going on? shows up as well. And it's just yeah. like, 
Jen's making fourth wall breaks, being like, what the fuck is going Like, what? The, the, the bit that really threw me off is when Abomination was helping Jen and Hulk just started throwing hands. It's like, okay, but we know they've patched things up. Bruce isn't going to assume the worst of him. <laughs> I was like, okay, where is this fucking going? Yeah, I was like, this is just going into all-out chaos. Yeah. And, and then... thus came one of the best created and um, the best and most creative bits of comedy i've seen in a marvel film this uh, created the greatest fourth wall break ever like as meta as you could be with a fourth wall break oh sorry i i you talk uh, talking about fourth oh. wall breaks just reminded me of something so you know uh tv sins tv tv sins have you never watched tv sins I may have done in passing, not really. Okay, cool. So, so there are kind of YouTube channels that go through shows and they just like call it out on cliches and silly stuff and plot holes and stuff. As oh, you go I through. think I have seen their stuff in passing. It, yeah. It's a lot of satire, it shouldn't be taken super seriously. Yeah. Um, my problem, I was watching their breakdown of the first She Hulk episode because they're not particularly quick to everything. Well, yeah, um, if they're covering everything, just. And they called her a Deadpool knockoff <laughs> for breaking the fourth wall Rocky on multiple occasions. I have no issue with people doing like funny commentary to take the mick out of a show or just straight up bashing the show if you don't like it, as long as you make valid points. Do not make a dumbass point like Deadpool comp copycat when she fucking did it first. <laughs> Kind of out here making YouTube enemies already. Don't, don't even. <laughs> I literally, because I really enjoy their content. I find it really fun to just poke holes in stuff. They said the worst thing because you've brought yeah. this up so many but, times since this. But it's like, it's a 15 minute video. I had to click off after three minutes because they'd already said it like two or three times. And I'm Oof. like, no, I'm out. I Oof. check out. Done. You got got. Yeah, I was just like, I can't. Um, now. I will watch their second episode once they oh. get around to it to see if they because they do on. normally read their comments. So I'm imagining there's a number of people in the comments going, She did it first, dumbass, and they will address that, hopefully. Yeah. Um but yeah, so sorry, that just you reminded me. <laughs> um did anyone else when it went to the Menu. Disney Plus homepage go to click to see what the fuck was going on? I was grabbing so i was watching this and honestly like perfect fucking timing for it to happen i went and reached over for my coffee and i looked back and it was on the menu i was like huh and then as <laughs> i'm like thing. well i'm like and i'm like huh but as obviously <laughs> i've looked at it it's like had that first couple of seconds so then she busts through and i'm like oh wait this is part of the show i was like what is going on now um but that was so well done yeah isn't hasn't she busted out of the like comic book pages? Um, probably. I'm sure I saw something today on Twitter. Like someone was like, "They're just, like this is like the perfect homage to kind of like she's done this in the comics, like by busting out of the comic book pages." Um, um, but yeah, the way she just boots open. Yeah, she has. There we go. So they're a hundred percent just paying like. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun way to homage that. Yeah. Um, 
Now, here's the problem. This is the only time I've ever been a little bit upset about subtitles. Oh. In the subtitles, it put the dots in between the letters when she said, I want to speak to Kevin. Yes. So that ruined the reveal of Kevin being a robot and not actually being Kevin Feig. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. So I had the on. I was like, oh, they're doing Kevin as a... I was like, they're saying Kevin that way, but she says Kevin normally because she doesn't know. And yeah. I was like, he's going to be some sort of robot. Yeah. Um, it just it just ruined it a little bit because I, I, I would have preferred the, like, the balance of, oh, is it a human? Isn't it? Is it actually going to be Kevin? Whereas I saw the dots, I was like, okay, cool, it's a robot. Um, But like the way that they had her... Like the whole thing, I was just sat there like, they're really going this far with the fourth wall break of like she is on her own film set of them yeah, making yeah. the show, and now she's it was in the so room. so good. I was just like, they're going it, all the way. <laughs> it was even the really better commentary of um, can you transform off screen though? Because you're really expensive. <gasps> yeah, well, yeah. So she gets the bit where she beats up those guys, the security, and then she gets in, and it's like the typical fucking room of screen show in all the Marvel films. And it's just like, okay, this seems like a legit sort of room that would be at Marvel Studios. And then as he, as Kevin comes down, I'm like, it's fucking GLaDOS. It's fucking Portal. They're doing a Portal reference. And then he's a fucking robot and they're discussing it. And he goes, yeah, so can we time this so you're off screen when you're transforming? Uh, This is getting very expensive. (laughs) And then the whole, at the end of that whole conversation, when he's like, um, she's like, am I transforming back? He's like, no, they, they, we moved them onto a different project. <laughs> Just, it's so good. So, so good. If I was you... Kevin, mm. I would have changed, today, I would have been on Twitter and changed my Twitter name to Kevin with Dots. And completely embrace the fact that I'm actually yeah, a robot. 100%. Because who actually knows? Maybe Kevin is a robot. Maybe um, this is how the MCU is run now. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the way she like gave her criticisms of the scene. She's like, get rid of that, change that, it makes no sense. Make it and daytime. Whole, yeah. And the whole point was them addressing the criticism from people going, Marvel's just becoming copy and paste. Yeah. And it was also going, no, this story is about Jen coming to terms with being Jen and She-Hulk. It's not about the villain, which is why there hasn't really been a villain. Yeah. And And like, it was handled really, really well. Also handling the whole thing of like Jen's blood was feeling just like the whole super serum shit again, which we basically did with Lolita. Falcon and Well yeah, we basically did that with the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Yeah. So it's like Yeah, they completely addressed all the whole copy paste thing. Um yeah. I like the but, fact that Kevin was like, oh, but we need Hulk, though, because we need to explain where he's been. And she's save just it like, for the film. Save, yeah, save it for the film. And I was like, huh? So, yeah, that comment is what threw me off when I looked at the timer and went, okay, there's a lot of time left. What are they going to fill this with? Because um, um, I genuinely then, thought they would save it for a film. We also then got Jen saying that, and she was like, oh, no. Nah. Maybe, maybe just drop Daredevil back in there. Girl's yeah. got a neat. <laughs> um, and then, and then I loved the bit where she sat on the floor, and then she goes, "What about 
She's asking them about it and she goes, what about X-Men? And then she gives a thumbs up to the camera. <laughs> you mean when she took on the form of me? <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, started asking questions about everything. I love that. Um, it, it, it was so, so well done. If you don't like it, you hate fun. Um, yeah, and like, it was fun. What more do you want? If you don't like it, like, I don't understand how you... Like, you've just got to embrace the fact that, like, this is all meant to be meta and like taking the mick out of itself and essentially taking the piss out of everything that everyone else tries to take the piss out of Marvel for. Exactly. Um, they just, they laughed at themselves. Um, it I was really enjoyed the family barbecue. You mean the, the fan, <laughs> Fast and Furious <laughs> yeah. fam, family barbecue? Family. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it felt like it was out of Fast and Furious. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, Daredevil and Daylight's weird. Matt Murdoch at a family barbecue, weird. Hey, I, I would kiss that man so hard. <laughs> it was, it was so weird though that like, yeah, he was at a family barbecue, and then the fact they were on about. So, are you here for can, a while? Plenty of time for the we, baby. <laughs> can, can we enjoy all of her aunties being absolutely all over him though? Well, yeah. Are we surprised? Do you know what the really fun, funny thing was? So one of the husbands came around and was like, come help me with the burgers, dear. It, <laughs> it picked it up on the subtitles and I suddenly heard it, but the other auntie went, oh, do you want to try my hamburger? <laughs> Literally, I was like, because she said it like quite a sultry voice yeah. as well. Oh, and, it was, and then It was so good. Typical, literally, like, they are 100% memeing that uh, Fast and Furious, like, family barbecue scene. Oh, yeah, scene. gotta be. Because in that film... Dwayne or um, I forget what he his character is in that Hobbs. film Hobbs like appears then he walks up the driveway yeah um, and in the same fashion Hulk rocks up yeah <laughs> walks in and then uh, that's where we get the sun reveal I, I will oh, say one that, thing huh? <laughs> I will say one thing Go on. I, I enjoyed all the memeiness but it felt very rushed in how Hulk was like oh yeah I've been on like it just like info dumped where he's been. Well, no, because we knew he was going to Scar. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe oh, I just sorry, would have liked we, a bit more detail. Or something. That yeah. Based on the fact they were attacked by a Sakarian ship, and then he got instead Sakarian ship and fucked off in space. Um. I'll be honest. I didn't think we'd actually see Scar in the series. Oh no! I I. Had, I, I, I thought I thought they would leave that for whatever's coming next. The fact that we actually got to saw him had me so in hype. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting to see him at all. Obviously, I think that's why it feels like an info dump because I think my expectation was we'd get Hulk back and he'd maybe like explain where he's been. But yeah. no, it was like we got everything <laughs> sort of dumped on us, um, which yeah. obviously Hulk, confirms Hulk fan here in in big big numbers. So that obviously confirms we're getting Planet Hulk right. Um, I, I assume much. so. It's a bit weird for him to already have his son, but I'm not that well versed in the Planet Hulk and World War Hulk stories. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one for sure. Um, and then we had our post credit scene of we had our final one back in prison. Cameo. Yeah, uh, uh, Emil back in prison for breaking his parole. Well, he agreed to go back. Yeah, and then Wong. Letting him come to Kamal Taj like the offer was there. 
Makes me wonder if that's actually leading to something though. That... Are we gonna get like a are we gonna get like a mystical magical abomination? I think he's going to help them out in some way or help Wong out in things for sure. Because they obviously have that friendship there from the whole Fight Club shenanigans. Uh, I love the fact, though, that Wong was like, ah, sorry, I got held up. And he's like, lots of shows going on at the moment. <laughs> like nodding at the fact that I'm going to cameo in a lot of shows. So be ready for it. Um yeah. And then, yeah, Abomination leaves and almost seemingly has had that set up, like, planned. So if he ended up back in prison, he could just go there. Well, I mean, when Wong broke him out for Shang-Chi, we were told Wong gave him the option to come back to Kamatash. Oh, yeah, true. So I can only assume he sent him a letter and went, Ayo, is that offer still good? Still got a spare room, bro. Um, yeah, it was well, yeah. good. I, I uh, really enjoyed it. I, I thought that it was hilarious. The whole 4-4 break. I love that stuff, so... I'm, it was, I'm, I'm, I loved I'm, how deep they went with it. I, I'm a huge fucking Rick and Morty nerd. The the meta bullshit commentary mm. is where I absolutely am at my happiest, and they did it really well, in my opinion. Yeah, I think... And, like... Honestly, the whole, like, idea of making Kevin into GLaDOS kind of just plays into this meme of like Kevin runs everything and there's a lot going on in the MCU now so it's like it's almost like yeah it would, would make sense if he was just a robot running this shit <laughs> I, I, I the only thing I might have liked as much would have been if she'd have opened the door and gone into like a bright white god style office with like Kevin just Almighty. sat there yeah and Bruce sat um, sorry <laughs> <Bruce>. Kevin sat <laughs> there in a white suit and a white out Marvel cap. So like how he normally dresses yeah. all white. That would have been the only thing that might have been as good. Oh, that adds, yeah. That that would have been really good. That would um, have been. But I, I do enjoy the robot shenanigans. Yeah, I, I just love the fact that they kept tying in, like they tied in a few different kind of pop culture sort of recognizable sort of scenes and things. Yeah. Um, But honestly, such a good finale. Very, very um, much enjoyed it. Very excited to see what happens next. Yeah. and More, more, more. I like how... Wasn't it... She also mentioned about being in... Was it a film or something? And then he said... There was like that weird hint of like... The, well, the she robot stayed... said... Kevin said, uh, get back on the big screen. And she went, really? And she was like... Oh, yeah, no. that was it. <laughs> that was it. Um, so how she's used and stuff, obviously, in the future will be interesting to see. Yes. Um, but from Sakaar to Mordor. <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you, thank you very much. Here uh, a week. Once again, I had to watch a recap to remind myself that it's fresh for the podcast. But I will say, not quite as visually spectacular as previous week's episode with Mount Doom erupting, obviously. That was an incredible episode. But I did enjoy this episode just as much. I feel like there was a lot of... I mean, we got back... We weren't back to the dwarves. So yeah, there was a lot I, of stuff I'm I enjoyed. In, I'm enjoying the dwarf and um, Harefoot story a lot more. I... So I think although this week was probably a weaker episode, 
I think I still enjoyed it more because I prefer the characters that we spent more time with this week. I would say it was weaker in the sense of this kind of big story arc that's been building and we're getting to, is it's more like some of the side stuff going on. But I would say, and because we've got the, we've got to remember we've got the finale next week. And I would, at this point, I think personally, I would say Juran and Elrond, that whole relationship and all those scenes we've had of them have fucking carried this season. I'm, I'm going to go out there and say it right now. If this, if these characters weren't written back in the 1920s, these they there would be so many fucking fanfics of these two being homosexual lovers, <laughs> lording over Middle Earth and protecting it. You they think, have such a gorgeous bromance. You think there isn't now? <laughs> true. Because <laughs> of true, this. True. 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 Um, but um, if teenage girls get a hold of these characters. They are going to be like Minecraft content creator levels of ships going on. Well, look at what girls were like with Legolas back when that came out. So yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> I think that was more. I think that was more Orlando Bloom than Legolas. I don't know. I think it's any elven male. Anyway, but, but this week's episode kicked. It kicked off with the um, Galadriel waking up and the aftermath of Mount Doom, which is where yeah, it left just- off. Ash very red <laughs> yeah like literally is like you know those photos from like san diego and there's all the bushfires and it's just orange yeah, yeah. that same visual ash everywhere um fucking chaos going on horse on fire um can, can you answer me a question okay here we go so i i was watching it late last night i was very tired so i may have missed things okay so this may well be a very simple question, but based on what I remember seeing, I'm very confused. Right. So after the initial shithousery, we saw um, Isilda and the Queen helping one of his mates out from a roof. Yes. At which point they realised Otumbo was dead. Yes. Then I did, don't remember seeing Isilda again, and then you have the Queen telling him that his son's dead. Did we see that happen? Yeah. Well, we think we see that happen. You've just missed it. So Okay, cool. That's we fine. had so we had that scene. Um which, by the way, Atombo was kind of always gonna die. Because that name, I'm not sure if it's Isilda names his son that or something. It's a name that crops up later and it's like meant to be he's used that name because it was like an old threat like there's, yeah. there's a so tie he in... was destined to die yeah because that name was meant to like then be used later on um so this kind of explains that so yeah they get a silder out and then they go to that like barn building that's like collapsing and a silder's with yeah. them the queen and they hear the people inside and a silder's holding up the beam as they're getting people out okay and then when it like collapses and the queen gets like a face full of embers that was the point when like Asilda's holding the beam and it all collapses on him i defo dozed off for like 30 seconds then (laughs) because i was wondering when she got blinded okay you missed that scene then yeah yeah okay cool 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 cool. that's me caught up going off that scene we're led to believe Asilda's dead now but he's not dead is he 
for those of you that he's know in Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Yeah, those of you that know the character, he plays a very important part down the line, so he can't be dead. Yeah, um, I was so confused. I was like, okay, I don't remember seeing him die, and I swear he can't be dead. What is going on? He's okay, got, clearly... He has plot armor. He yeah, yeah. might be severely injured, uh, but I, in, I in, he definitely got collapsed by burning wood, so he was left behind. I don't understand why shows that no characters have plot armor even try and make us think anything's going to happen to them. <sighs> to be so fair, you've got to also look at it as like, there will be a good chunk of people that might not have put two and two together because the only time Isilda's mentioned from the films is in that, that prologue thing where they're going over what happened in the Second Age. Like, uh, it doesn't matter though. Yeah, I know, but like, it, it's yeah. I get that what you're saying. For people that understand like story, especially in th things like Lord of the Rings, where there's a lot of lore, then you have a fan base that know it all. It's kind of pointless. But I kind of get doing it for those people that don't really know. It kind of adds a bit of ooh, what's happened? Yeah, but for the amount of people that would get anything of value out of that, yeah. There's what gonna be three, four, five, six people who are just there like, well, I know he's not dead, so stop wasting time. The only reason I can kind of see them doing it is because they're trying to. There's obviously some character development they're trying to do with his dad, and they wanted it oh, to yeah. because they want him to think his son's died, and like there needs to be that kind of loss for him to develop and character I to get develop that. in a certain way. That's the only thought. Like solid and, I, and I'm, I'm okay with his dad thinking he's dead. My issue is them trying to convince us that he's dead. I don't know if they necessarily are. Um, but yeah, but, I, I, okay, cool. But thank you for explaining that bit to me. I definitely dozed off like <laughs> one scene. That's fine. But we obviously we get the bit like this. You see, like all the embers fly in the queen's face, but you kind of like I definitely didn't really think anything of it. Because it was like, as things collapse, you think, oh, well, yeah. But then when she's on the horse and she's being well, led and then he's he, like... Here's the thing. Because I missed that scene, I thought she was a dickhead for a little while. <laughs> because the last scene before that was her saying, he's already dead, leave him. And I'm like, after seeing that, I'm like, bitch, you were blind. You don't know he was dead. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. I can, I can understand yeah. that. <laughs> I was so confused. No, it was. I I liked how they did it though, because like, unknowingly, you can actually put two and two together that there's something wrong. Because she's like holding the shoulder of the other soldier lad as she's the, walking the, up. The the moment I realised was when she was on the horse and the branch went straight well, yeah. towards her face and she didn't move. Yeah, that that's the that's the point when they want you to realise something's yeah. going on. That that's when they're like, okay, if you don't get it now, you're a fucking dumbass. But to be fair, I didn't have the embers. Well, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> So I'm it's the way that she's like, here. <laughs> how far have we got to go? And then she goes, when does the smoke stop? And they're like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, the smoke has already gone. <laughs> we're, we're past that bit. Uh, oh, I can't see. Don't tell anyone, though, till we get to camp. Of which then they put a blindfold on her later anyway. So Yeah, she goes from like, oh no, no one can know I'm blind. I think it's more gold blindfold. while they were tr like getting out of there. So that people don't is, start kind of panicking. Is she like like blind blind or is she on like a temporary blindness thing? Um, 
Law wise, I have no fucking clue. I think she's blind blind. And I think I, I kind of like it. And it also plays into, I don't know if you remember her, when she talked to her dad about going to Middle Earth, and he said, all you, all that Middle Earth has for you is darkness, which was kind of uh, foreshadowing uh, for her being blind. Uh, um, so I think... See, this is why Hori's the smart one who watches Lord of the Rings. And, and pays I'm attention the, to that stuff. And, and, and I'm the dumbass who just watches the shows made from comic books. Much easier. Um, Less pre-reading. So that was all that good on. We also got a cool, what I think you will also picked on, up on with Gladriel and Theo. And it was very much like the hobbits hiding under a tree. When yeah, the, yeah. One uh, of Ring my Wraith... favorite shots from cinema of all time is when... is the, the duo when... like that. And the kind of homage to that was so much fun. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed that. Um, and we got a bit of kind of nice little character kind of duo between the two of them and like galadriel kind of being like no we this land's lost we need to leave like let's we're not heading head head strong into this anymore so have a bit of development on her part to realize that just going diving in after the enemy all the time is not a good thing and she she needed to see the destruction it can bring Mm -hmm. not being fully prepared yeah kind of like reset her and because there's a lot of there's a lot of I know there's obviously like centuries and millennia before the Lord of the Rings, but this Galadriel feels very different. Yeah, she is, and I think that and has so been... like they need to show some of that progression. This this has been one complaint from the fans that she is very very different to. And and here's the thing: even though everyone's like, oh yeah, there's literally like hundreds of uh, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of years mm-hmm. for her to like change we're not going to comprehend that because we we don't live that long no and also they need to show some of that happening which they've started to do i like i'm fine with her being a different person like makes sense she's not going to be the same person we know from lord of the rings my and to me it was like wasn't bothering me too much but i get why fans were feeling like she was totally different because it's like if you're going too far different it feels like there's no like that bridge to get between the two like mental states of those characters is too long to kind of comprehend like you're saying i think it also hurts because elrond doesn't feel as different so then when you've got the two elves that you know comparatively one feels pretty similar and then one feels completely different it throws you off a bit more as well i think yes so definitely these last couple of episodes i think they're starting to show that change in gladriel so hopefully they keep keep pushing that um and then they make it back to camp and stuff and we get a cute little moment with uh theo thinks his mum's dead but psych she's actually alive that's yeah. twice I, they've done that now am i right in thinking we did see aaron as well um yes they hug. okay cool yeah i thought i thought i remembered seeing him he has, a, like little, he has a little hug moment with his new stepdad um yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I think if they try to bait us that his mum's dead again, she has to be dead a third time. You can't come on, it's a cinema rule. You can't bait people three times and not. Um You did not watch enough eighties action films, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um Then they have like the whole Halbrand's been stabbed or something by the looks of it. I don't know how that happened. Whether it yeah. was the orcs the orcs that were that they had captured maybe when the they orcs, escaped. Oh. A bit of shrapnel. Yeah. Did it um, to himself because he's a pussy, who knows? 
And then we get the mention of like, um, similar to in Lord of the Rings when Frodo gets hurt, and it's like, oh, this needs elven medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of need to get him home. And what else? Were, what else went on in the camp? I'm trying to think. We have there's obviously like in between these scenes, it cuts to the hobbits and stuff. But we'll get to that. But um, oh, and there's the bit where she Gladriel gets told about the queen being blind, yeah. and the queen promised. The queen vows, and if you remember me mentioning about like the oath that Elrond and Durin, mm-hmm. and that actually holds weight. Vows and oaths work the same. So her vowing to return is a big deal. Um, and then Isildur's dad not being happy about the fact that he's, he's going to have to come back. But Which yeah, was a bit of a weird watch. shot. Yeah. I, I get that they were trying to show the fact that he's just lost his son and kind of grief's finally hitting him. And this idea of like having to come back to the place that he's just lost. Like, it just was shot a bit weird. It was indeed. Um, but I mean, the rest of the rest of all that stuff with the Numenorians, Numenorians. Um, it, I think them returning is gonna be the whole like civil like she's gonna return to Numenor, and there's gonna be the whole civil war about should they go back and help or not. Yeah. Um. For sure, for sure. And that's what's going to lead to the fall of Numenor, I'm pretty sure. Um, meanwhile, all this is going on, we get to see the hobbits, little half-foots, mm, 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 in the, mm, uh, mm. the glade, I think they called it. Yeah. Uh, where there was... You're not in the Shire yet. I want to be in the Shire. Well, I can't tell if it is the sh- what becomes the Shire. I thought it was when, like, the trees became healthy again. I thought they were going to be like, oh, so, my God, look how plentiful it is. We never need to leave. So this is the um, thing. And that would make sense for them to settle because mm-hmm. they can always rely on food there because it's now a magical place. And then they didn't. <laughs> well, they are still there at the moment. So we saw, like, them arrive... There was like rocks from Mount Doom, which shows kind of like how far it's affecting the land. Like it's fucking launching rocks, fucking miles. Um, they have no clue. They they kind of in what? in passing he mentions like yeah. there was tales of mountains that could spit yeah. rock and stuff. Sadak, very old school folksy style of my grandfather's grandfather grandfather told him about mountains that get upset and shoot fire. Yeah. Like, I think I mentioned it last week that I was kind of expecting him to pull out his book and be like, oh, look, this is... In here, it says if there's mountains spitting rock sort of thing. So it's similar, yeah. similar thing. And then um, we get the stranger going up to the... Seeming very distraught about a dead tree. Um, mm. Which... Very protective <sighs> of nature, isn't he? Very much Radagast the Brown sort of vibes. Mm. Which is throwing me off again because I'm like, this but, is yeah. Every opportunity, they're like, if we make him every wizard, he can any wizard. <laughs> this is the thing. Um, it... Maybe he's like an even earlier version of the wizards, and he like, I don't know, becomes all of the no, other wizards. No, no, because then people will not be happy. <laughs> they're already not happy. Let yeah, the chaos but... ensue. Um, yeah, he heals the tree, though everyone thinks he didn't, so he gets sent away. Because he breaks, it breaks. Um, so yeah, I'm getting rid of my dead chick. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those. It's like 
just give him a chance to actually just wait and see if it actually yeah. worked. <laughs> but Ma- they all magic panic. is magic. It's not instant. God damn it! And they send him. Um, he sends him off to in the direction of where men are, where the boot, where the next town is, sort of thing. Um, and then we get like a shot of. Is it Poppy in the river? I think with a bucket. And then she hears something and boom, Batman style is gone. <laughs> and there's just a bucket floating there. And we see the cultists. The cultists have caught up. Um, the cultists are creepy as fuck. Yeah, I'm pretty certain they are either Morgoth like worshippers or Sauron worshippers. Something of that sort. And whether the stranger is sauron or not they believe him to be connected to it in some way um and they're very creepily rock up while the hobbits do the camo ghillie suit hide in the bush sort of style thing and stupidly they show nori tries to send them in the wrong direction and ends up getting everything burnt down Mm -hmm. which is why I'm tempted to say this might be the Shire. I need to work out, like, I need to see if anyone's worked out on a map where they are and if it lines up with where the Shire is. Um, Because if it does, it would make sense that this is how they ended up settling. It would 100% make sense. These lands become sacred lands that they can rely on. Well, yeah, plenty, plenty of food far enough away from like any man or anything potentially is the shot. And they're definitely becoming more hobbitish because they're going on an adventure. Well, yes. Typical Frodo needs his Sam style. Nori's like, yeah. well, I'm going to go find him. And then Poppy says, I'll help. And then we get... Okay, but are we in the Tolkien universe if there is not a hobbit going on an adventure, this despite is... the fact hobbits never go on adventures? Well, <laughs> this is probably... Frodo and Bilbo's bloodline beginning. It's uh, got to be, hasn't it? There's only one relative. line of hobbits that are this fucking chaotic. Well, in I think it's in The Hobbit, they talk about someone related to Bilbo, she went on an adventure. So there's obviously, like, the odd hobbit every now and then, like every generation, there's one that wants to leave. Do so, you know what I'd really like? A, like a modern, like 2022 version of this world. Like they have modern technology and stuff, but still in like a fantasy way. And it's just like a, a, a Amber Alert goes out. A hobbit's going on an adventure. Everyone be careful of chaos. <laughs> Nothing ever good Hide comes from a hobbit going on an adventure. I mean, I don't know. Some, some good stuff sometimes comes. Um, so yeah, they're off to find the stranger and try and warn him yeah. but the cultists disappeared so they're obviously already on the trail of him there's gonna be some i think that, so next week's the finale there's definitely gonna be some like they're finally gonna catch up to the stranger and there's gonna be some conflict and we might actually find out who the fuck he is um, but, um i'm not fully the, convinced the cultists yet, are scary powerful though yeah so they're magical um which me, this is where like they're very much quite clearly like evil worshippers so there's the show's really trying to make us figure out who the fuck this stranger is and i don't even know like it's 
it's a tough one because if they want to stick to the books and he's going to be a wizard, he's meant to be a blue wizard. But they don't necessarily need to do that. So it could very much be Gandalf because he's friends with the hobbits or he's very nature orientated in the way that he fought off the wolves, he's healed a tree, he used ice to heal himself. Like, it could be very much Radagast the Brown. Um, or it could be Sauron. But I don't think it's Sauron. I kind of would be a little bit annoyed if it is. At this point, he's done too many nice things for me to think it's Sauron. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it doesn't... When they, when they were doing the balancing between the good, the bad, the good, the bad, the good, the bad, I could still believe it, but now he's just actively trying to be nice. Yeah, he, he's... Which makes me think he's a wizard. Uh, but which one, I don't know. Um... Also, I've got to be honest... When they were renaming the Southlands to Mordor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was really, really worried they were going to go down the route of these are Adars. This is more Adar. Oh, no. And then, like, over centuries, like, you know, how language changes, it becomes Mordor. I was really worried that's what they were going for. Oh, and I'm like, this will not go down well if this is how you decide no. to do it. <laughs> I'm glad they definitely named it Mordor. Which I. <laughs> Forget the translation for, but it's like Darklands or something. I I just, because of his name and like the way it would sit together, I'm just like, oh, I could see this going badly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the the other thing that went on this episode was we got more of Elrond and Durin. We we saw the Balrog. (laughs) We'll get to that. Whether (laughs) I don't feel like they should have shown that, but um, Uh... we get the. We get we'll, them trying to convince we'll his dad. There. We get them trying to convince his dad. Doesn't go Don't well. Don't let my friend die, please. <laughs> Elrond says he shouldn't trust elves, but trust this elf because he's half elf, half elf. Yeah, and then I'm also not a full elf, so I can see how shit they are sometimes. Makes the promise of them, they'll honor that trade deal for I think it was five hundred five centuries, five hundred years. Five centuries, yeah. Which, um pretty good pretty big promise to make um considering elves know they'll live that long but they know dwarves won't and it'll get like lost a bit on what the deal was potentially um but eventually essentially during king during doesn't want to agree yeah oh well he he's sends them all off and him and during his dad have a conversation just the two of them um, during and during and then we get a fun kind of scene between uh, Jiren and Elsa. Not Deesa. Elsa. Deesa. Um, She's not the ice queen. <laughs> uh, arguing. Well, not arguing. More making comments about his dad while she's doing some blacksmithing. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought that was such a like typical... Such a dwarven thing to be doing. Com- complaining about your in-laws sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then obviously Elrond rocks up and he's like, "Anybody home? Any any answers? Uh, any any mithril? <laughs> yeah, any any mithril for for the elves?" And obviously realizes like, "Oh, this isn't happening." To which Durin then realizes Elrond's not coming back because essentially for the elves to survive, they all have to now leave and go back to their mystical lands. Uh huh. Um, which was a very kind of like touching moment between the two of them, and kind of really shows 
how strong this relationship is and coming across like they're doing such a good job with this relationship they are absolutely nailing it during an hour on and like it hits hard when you think this this is this is not gonna work out and then he throws the mithril across the table and it heals the leaf now i don't know how i feel really about this whole idea of like mithril being the magical cure for everything um but i do you find that a bit too mithrilical it's more the fact that like the idea that they mine it for that and not over dwarven greed kind of pulls away from what we know yeah i i i'm okay with it if it's like they find a way for it to like heal the tree or something and and then it becomes about greed yeah and then it's like after that the elves don't need any more and the, but the dwarves want to make more money so then it becomes like a greed thing if they play yeah. it off that way i'm fine with it if it becomes this whole thing like it's all mined for the to like protect the elves sort of thing it's like um... I I, you, yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings is founded around the entire idea of everyone falls to something. Yeah, humans fall to power, dwarves fall to greed, um, elves fall to being too smart for their own shit. Essentially, yeah, wanting to thinking they know best. Sort yeah, of thing. um, so I agree, it is a bit weird. They do need to find a way to pivot it to they begin to just mind for greed. Yeah, because right now they're mining out of compassion. Yep, and then and, we get like a little—that's not a great message. You failed because you were compassionate. <laughs> uh, then we get to see the mining, which I thought there was also like Elrond kind of hints at the fact that he let him win. I said it all the way back after that episode. By the yeah, way, you, you I asked... said he looked like he had a fair bit to go and just decided to give up. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure because like yes his hammer broke but it looked like he could have maybe kept going and it obviously was like okay that was how it was meant to come across yeah i might not know much about the books as you but guess what i'd better rise um (laughs) and they eventually break through and we get to see like this huge cavern of mithril it looks Um, so sick seeing like the spider webbing kind of effect yeah just all the veins of mithril it looked so cool uh but spoiler king Jurin comes along and shuts it all down um he's kicks kicks elrond out like fucking um fresh prince of bel-air style chucks him out the front door, back door whatever. <laughs> dj jazzy jeff yeah. yeah literally just chucks him out um, that is such an off the wall reference to me. Fuck, i don't care uh oh, and then they we kind of get the like there's been that tension between Jur and his dad kind of building across this series and it kind of all finally like we we've felt it but they've not really like it's not bubbled oil over yet and then we got it this episode where they finally like butted heads and it i think it paid off in a very good way that like argument and that whole kind of he's getting too old now that he doesn't want to risk stuff and this battle of like son getting to that age where he's like wants the to be able to be more of a leader but his dad's still rocking around, so he can't. Um, Old man stuck in his old ways. Yeah, so I enjoyed that whole... All, everything so far from the dwarves I've been enjoying, and this whole, like, build-up. Um, and then his dad fucking shuts down the man and throws the leaf through. This, so... We get the leaf drifting down, 
and apparently the Balrog's pissed at someone littering in his cave. Um, I thought the Balrog was supposed to be like asleep down there. So did I, and that's okay, how cool. it's meant to so be. I would have preferred, although it would have seemed a bit cheesy, him to be like snoring, and like a little bit of fire comes out. So here's my thing. When that leaf dropped, I was like, they're going to tease the Balrog. And I was like, okay, it's probably going to be asleep. And then Which it was would have all... been fine. Yeah, I, like, I agree. I, in my opinion, going off how the books is, the Balrogs that were like disappeared were meant to be asleep in the bases. Like they buried themselves under mountains and went like were asleep and dormant. And the idea is that during um, Moria... Mining for Mithril is what disturbs the Balrog and awakens it. So the idea that the Balrog is already awake, I didn't like because it kind of now... We all know what comes down the line, and I'll be very, I'll be kind of disappointed if they pull that forward because that's way too early to start doing it now. Um, or And if they don't, and they've just teased that and then nothing happens, it's kind of like having a loaded cannon and you never fire it like it's it's can't... the um what's it called it's it's There's the a term for it and i forget it's the check check off gun yeah something like that check of check of gun yeah check of gun if you've got a loaded gun and someone's got to fire it yeah so it's like if they don't yeah. check of gun is a dramatic principle that states that every element in a story must be necessary and the relevant element should be removed i.e if you're going to go to the effort of having a character load a gun they better fucking fire it. So if you're going to have the Balrog awake already... I fucking do something. It means it. it's going to get disturbed, and it's like, that feels way too early to bring all that, mm -hmm. like, fall of Moria to. So I'm a bit unsure on that. I, like you said, if it landed there, and it was, like, a bit of, like, dark smoke blew the leaf away, and we kind of got this, like... Not even if they didn't really show it, we just saw, like, a tip of a horn or something in the shadow, and it's just, like the sound of something's asleep down there, everyone would know that's the Balrog. Okay, it it is down there, um, but it's asleep. But the fact it was awake kind of, yeah, wasn't a huge fan of that. Yeah, that it did seem a bit weird for it to be awake. Um, it was cool to see it. It was very cool to see it. It looks incredible. But I, I agree that it definitely didn't need to be awake. Go for yeah. the really cheesy snoring and a little bit of fire comes out or something. Yeah especially because we know that like we know the outcome so or even have it so as the leaf is falling because of the evilness of the balrog it starts like dying yeah it could have just burnt up as it fell to the bottom and everyone would have no, i mean you could have, you could have done it other way i think they wanted to make it really obvious for people like me who without you wouldn't know the balrog was really even there yeah i suppose so There's but always... that doesn't make it okay yeah I'm just saying that I think that's why they did it. It's I just feel like it was too early. Like they could have considering when it's meant to like it's meant to happen down way down the line. Like they've kind of revealed it a bit too soon in my opinion. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely an issue with uh, Chekhov's gun. But overall I enjoyed it. Overall I enjoyed it. I'm interested to Is next week definitely from the finale? Because yeah. I thought there was two more. No, next week's the finale. Which is oh, I thought there was this ten is episodes, what's... not nine. There's, it's confirmed to be... Oh, oh, wait, no, sorry. Next week's episode eight. There's only yeah. eight episodes. I thought there was yeah. ten. Big um, So I'm pretty certain it's confirmed to be five <sighs> seasons. I So I was 
talking with my brother-in-law about this because he's been watching it and he knows Lord of the Rings a lot better than me. Um, we're kind of worried because obviously they're trying to cover a bit like the whole second age, which is a big span, like a big section of time. The worry is the pace they've been going with like plot points and how they relate to actual like the books and stuff. It's been quite quick. Um, our worry is if they suddenly now stretch it out. Like, if they've gone really quick in the first season to get to a certain point that they wanted to cover stuff and kind of, like, jumped through these time points quickly in season one and then the next four seasons they stretch out to do, like, the juicy stuff that they want to do is going to feel weird. Because right now, it's it, my opinion, this next episode, we're going to get a Sauron reveal which I don't know if I want. Like, I get it's kind of building up to that. I Well, no, I take that back. I, I'm fine if it's a Sauron reveal. I'm worried they're also going to try and set up the rings. And I'll be kind of... I'm not really okay if they suddenly go back to where the forge was being built, and they're like, oh, we've got a whole fully functioning forge tower now that you didn't see really finish off. Uh, we're just going to jump back to this and it's done. Oh, by the way, we're now making rings. Like, if if they try to cram that in in the final episode, I'll feel a bit iffy. If they could turn around and like, oh, the forge is complete. um, And it ends with kind of like uh, Gellan Brimbor being like, look, like to Elrond, like reveals his plans of what he wants to craft sure but if they already like start with the crafting and everything i feel like it's a bit rushed pulling the because the rings are only meant to get created later on um that's my worry with the finale is if yeah. they try to pull too many of these like big points forward to try and hook people in for the next season i think if they just do a sauron reveal i'm okay with that which i think they've pretty much teased is gonna happen um if they do a sauron reveal and they explain who the stranger is, whether he's Sauron or not, or someone else. And they do it like that. And then they finally tie Elrond and the dwarves in with Numenor and all that shit going on. I'll be okay with that as a finale. But yeah, some slight worries there. We'll see. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to cover. Well, we don't know where they're going with it. So it's a lot of unknown. Andor episode six. Yes, Andor episode I, six. I've only um, written one note, but I thought <laughs> it was um, quite poignant and very um, delicate. <clears throat> yeah, bro, the intensity. <laughs> I have never watched a forty-minute episode of a show before where the intensity just continues to go up throughout the entire show without me going, "All right, you need to pay this off now." I've never had a show be able to sustain this growth of intensity without me feeling like it was weird. I don't know how they did it. It was... Do you know, do you know what I think it was? It was a setup from last uh, last week's episode. We said last week's episode was slower and felt a bit like a fill, but it was very much a... This is quite clearly setting up for what's going to go off in the next one. As and high episodes go, ooh, mama. Like, I problem. think, be thankfully looking at it now like they them doing the setup that week before and the whole episode being like the setup and explaining everything about the heist 
allowed them to just do it go go time with the heist and everyone yeah. like as the viewers we knew what the we knew the rough outline of the plan we knew what was going to go on to a certain extent so we were just ready to like watch it happen yeah. Um, so it was almost like you were living the heist and therefore that's where the intensity came from because you're like okay now they've got to do that thing but oh, what about that and what about that and what like genuinely how I would imagine it would feel to be in the middle of doing something that high well, risk it was no like because they dedicated the whole episode to it it's like it kind of played off in real time there was no like cinema time jumping around to get shots yeah. of stuff going on at the same time or anything like that they did a really good job of kind of showing it as it's like how it's going on and yeah. building that intensity as it's like using the sense of we've got this time window um and like the whole like loading all of that like no way were they ever going to be able to load that much stuff in from the vault and do you like, know, do you know, building that up go on do you know what really impressed me once again oh so when oh. this show started i said just like in rogue one Mm -hmm. In Rogue One, they managed to make you forget that a lot of these characters are going to have to die because you don't know of them. And mm -hmm. I said, and we're going to have the same issue again. Mm -hmm. But they pulled it off again because as we're going through the heist and people are dying, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't see coming. Like these people weren't going to have to die at some point. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? So at the start of the episode, and they're like, it's it's starting, they're, they're marching, the four of them are together, and I was like, someone's gonna die in this heist because we don't get these characters in rogue one yeah so i was like okay someone i was like but someone's gonna such die a good job yeah they've been doing such a good job pulling into the story i didn't even think about that i was just watching oh. and then as they start dying i'm like oh shit yeah people have to die <laughs> well here's the thing i thought it at the beginning and then it's like <laughs> it was kind of like i thought about it so i was kind of expecting it and then it's and then like forgot about it <laughs> sort of forgot about it but then it's more so so the heist is going on uh and i think the first person to die is the ex-stormtrooper um on our team yeah sorry yeah on our team on enemy team people die um, is what it is yeah I, uh, i'm not gonna lie that dickhead having a heart attack <laughs> well that's funny I, I, do you know what? I enjoyed how they built it up as well because you could see he was struggling. Yeah, he as was. He was helping. Like that's just a really good way and, of building it. Yeah, and that on like they did it, and it was like an unexpected, like oh, this is a wrench in the plan because you weren't expecting someone to have a heart attack on you, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah the the first guy on our team to die is the ex stormtrooper. Is what um, we discovered he was. Yes. Because he's running across and he gets shot. Yeah. When that happened, I was like, oh, there we go. There's the character that's going to die this episode. I thought that was it. I thought that was all, all that was going to happen. I thought the rest of the characters are going to make it further through the series. I was so upset when I forget his name, the, the proper devout rebellion kid. Young lad. Um, when he got crushed, I was yeah. like, oh, no. Like, literally, like you, actually, I was about to say, you know me. When I'm watching stuff, I'm def definitely silent. Mm -hmm. Unless it's a comedy, I'm in. When Cassian made the decision to go to the doctor, I audibly sat here in my room like, yes, Cassian! Like that. Like, probably like fist pump, like, yes, you go, make them good decisions. Yeah, so the whole, like, like they built the intensity, and it's like, 
when everything started going wrong, which then just elevated the intensity more because it's like, oh shit, plans out the window now. We need to get the fuck out of here. And we're fighting our way out. This isn't going smoothly anymore, which you kind of expect to happen. It's like there was something was going to go wrong. Been, it, it, don't get me wrong. In all fairness, I think the episode would have still been massively entertaining if it had gone off smoothly. Yes. Which is impressive in and of itself. But the, slight... the fact that it went off the rails is kind of the whole point. <laughs> I like the way that they did it, though. It was like there was the one guard who, from the get-go when they got in there, looked shit like he was going to try and pull something, the bigger one. So we were like, mm-hmm. we were already aware of him. And then when it started, we'd been set up with the guy in the tower on top up top mm-hmm. on the radio when stuff started not working sorry do you recognize that act by the way um not off i can't even picture him now so no D- did you watch marvel agents shield some of season one okay so you you wouldn't have met hunter then would you i don't think so okay so he played hunter oh, okay. in marvel Ag- so when i saw him i was like what the fuck is hunter doing <laughs> being a fascist <laughs> What's he doing helping the Imperial? Yeah, like that that is if anything, Hunter would would actively be a rebel. What is this bullshit? <laughs> um But the way they like slipped in, like, oh, the radio is passing through, you like, oh, this shit's about to go wrong. Um it, just, 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 instead of going from one to a hundred, they went one, two, three. They they built it up beautifully, beautifully and smoothly. It was What? I'm trying to remember where everyone, how everyone ended up. Okay, so um, you had the officer. He died. Yes. He got shot. He was actually the first guy. Sorry, he got yeah. Stormtrooper. He did. Um, then the stormtrooper died. Yeah. Um, in the hangar. Then they get onto the ship and. Which is um. Cassian, the lady. The ex-military prison guy, or whatever his yeah. name was. And, and then, then the young the lad. And then the lady's girlfriend is in an Imperial uniform, kind of just walking out like nothing's happened. Well, yeah, which um, also then I was like, wait, she's being left behind. Yeah. Which didn't even register. Did you not register that? I registered that when, she, when the lady didn't want to leave and she was like, promise me you'll be okay. Yeah, no, I thought it was just, like, as in holding down things there. Yeah, 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 When it showed that shot of her, like, and I was like, wait, she's not on the ship. I was like, she stayed behind, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, then we get, so they all get onto the freighter, and Cassian just goes, yeah. fucking punch it, Chewie. Uh, slams it, and then, obviously, the kid <laughs> ne- gets crushed, ne- and I was like, Next time Ooh. I pull away aggressively at a green light, I'm just going to punch it, Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, like, the kid gets crushed. I was like, "Oh shit, kid's dead." <laughs> I thought I thought he was dead straight up. I was like, and then he starts moving. I'm like, "Oh okay, he's just stuck, crushed. in bad shape." Yeah. Uh, the this the visual effects of the eye closing, as they Mate, called it, so so good, beautiful. Because so so they built it up as this beautiful event. So yeah, they really to, they had either to nail have to it. find a way for us to not really see any of it, no. or make it gorgeous, and they did just that. It yeah. looked so sick. They nailed the visuals of that and um, paid off on that whole build-up beautifully. Indeed. Um, 
We got some TIE Fighter action, which was fun to see. Love a bit of TIE Fighter action. Um, and then, yeah, they escaped, and Cassie makes the decision, now nah, we'll go to the fucking Doctor. Um, which I, I, I as well was like, yes, Cassie, good decision. Um, you're, you're becoming more caring of the people around you. I was like, yes, yeah. it's the, the Rebels is beginning. What I wasn't expecting... So at this point, we've lost two people. I thought we'd only lose one. Um, yeah. We, we've lost two already, and one, one is in a really bad way. Uh, so we get to see some Dr. Forearm, I'm pretty sure he was called, or Quadarm. I think he was called Dr. Quadarm, was his actual name in the subtitles. And I thought, oh, yeah, classic. Great, great naming scheme there. Hmm, we've got an the, alien with four arms who's a doctor. Okay. It's very Star Wars, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do we call this guy? Dr. Quadarm. There we go. Working away on Tranus. I was like, I, here I'm thinking, oh, they'll just, like, shove a load of mechanical shit into him. Yeah. It's Star Wars. <laughs> um, I didn't think a broken spine would be that serious in the Star Wars universe. So I've got so, to be honest I, I'm going to be honest, though. We, all we think of is he goes, I can't feel my legs. But realistically, his whole, like, middle torso got crushed. Oh, yeah, his stomach was, like, wrapped around his spine. Oh, he, internal bleeding and everything, but we didn't really think of that. But, yeah, I agree. I thought, oh, they'll they'll have him fixed up. Um, Meanwhile, outside, we've got Broody Boy um, tries to make a deal with Cassian. And tries to double. They tried to double cross everyone, which I did not see coming. I was like, really? "Oh sh- no!" I, I like. I thought so. I didn't, when that I didn't conversation see it coming at this point, but I saw a double cross. At so, Hurry, it was a heist episode. There had to be a double cross. Yeah, but I didn't think the double cross was going to come in the sense of him wanting to run up to go with him and Cassian to run off with the money and split it. I thought he was just going to go. You know what? I'm not cool with you. And try and pull one on Cassian and just kill Cassian. But, uh, um, just because he didn't tr- like, he still doesn't trust him or something, and doesn't like him. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. But yeah, then there was the whole like, oh, we'll split the money fifty-fifty, uh, and then Cassian just whips eyes going, "Boom, boom, who shot first? <laughs> Cassian, I was honestly wasn't quite ready for him to just go. Straight face and then just boom, pop, he's dead. Like not even a split second, second thought about anything. For a moment, you think Cassian's about to agree to it, uh, and then he just pops him in the chest. Yeah. Um. To which then we cut back inside, and young lad's dead. That broke my heart. Yeah, I was like, oh no. I I, I don't know what it is. I had a very strong connection with that character. Um, well, it's, it's maybe the it's because I'm an anarchist at heart um, who would like to see a lot of the establishment fall. Um, well, it's also, I think, the way they set up that group of characters is like you've got a load of everyone's got their kind of reason. Then you've got the young kid who's very like hopeful and believes in the believes yeah, they can like, make the universe better. Yeah, and it's like, well, he he's not going to put himself in harm's way. Uh, but then, yeah, you're like, oh, he didn't deserve to go. And he actively saved Cassian's life as well. Yeah. Um, so, like, Heist had some issues, like, had some things, but then it it seemingly kind of went off somewhat without hitch. Like, they got away with the money, and you think, okay. But, but like, then it, oh, everyone like, died. Everything went 
everyone died and everything kind of went wrong. Um, that leaves me wondering where we go next here. Well, I think... So, Cassie wanted to take the ship and his share of the money and dip. Fair enough. We then cut to the Senate. We saw the Senate for the first time since live action, since the prequels. Prequels? Mm-hmm. Sequels? Prequels. Prequels. Um, I which is very cool. Senate. Yeah, it was very cool to see this. I was like, can we spot any uh, ET looking aliens again? Like, you know what I did enjoy? Oh, go on. So she's clearly talking about like the some equivalent of human rights. Yeah, and some like general issue with a planet or something. And and what you notice is half of the seats are empty. Yeah. Um, because you know politicians sometimes don't turn up for conversations that don't involve their own wages. Yeah. Um. And then you had a bunch of people not paying attention, as obviously the news of what had happened on um this planet around was, internal... was running around. Yeah. Um, but I I did very much enjoy that. Um, I would have liked to have seen her like reaction though, because obviously she knew this was the plan. Well, she read the. You see her read the tablet, don't you? Yeah, but you don't get to see like any kind of reaction. I think you kind of get a, yeah, you get a bit of a reaction if she was reading it and she realizes like you can see on her face that she realizes what she's reading about what's just happened, and yeah. then it cuts to our friend in his antique shop, Luthen. Luthen, um, to which his customer asks about, obviously also late. also reading the breaking news, and then asks, and he goes in the back and has a bit of a celebration. Which I'm pretty sure if you were a customer, you'd probably hear him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, was that, like, I, I was like, there is a window there, and like, I there's no. But sound I don't proofing. think that I don't remember a door opening and closing, but you never yeah. know. Um, a plot is plot. But yeah, to to Lufen, he hears that and he just thinks they did it. He hasn't got a clue about what went wrong. He yeah, he doesn't know how horrifically wrong it went. So I think for next episode, we're gonna obviously get Lufen meeting up with the girl yep. um, to then obviously get probably the rundown on what's going wrong. And then I think he's going to go find Cassian again. Quite possibly. Because um, he's like, he believes Cassian play is going to, is a important person and he can be a big help to them. So he's obviously, I think he's obviously going to try and find Cassian again and persuade him and be like, look that, or Cassian's going to spend the time reading the little like, the original Rebel Manifesto that he got in the little book. Read some of that, and it's going to change his opinion on things, and he's going to come back, maybe. Um, or he's going to return back to his planet to go see his friends, pay off his debts, because he's now got a fat chunk of money. Right. All, the, all those favours that he said he'd pay people back with, maybe he'll go feel like he needs to do that. We, we also need to get more from um, that Corpo's story. Yes, there's also so one next- of yeah, next episode might focus a bit more heavily on what he's going to be doing now. Yeah, he, his new job offer, whatever that may yeah. look like. Um, but a very, yeah, overall, excellent episode. Loved oh, the, the whole so heist. Far. Felt like Star Wars. Very much felt like Star Wars. Felt, felt like Star Wars at its absolute best. Yeah. Um, and I'm so ready for some more. And honestly, this now sets them up to introduce some more new characters who will then die off. So ready for that and, emotional and roller coaster. Yeah, and they're going to keep on finding ways to make us care about these characters very quickly, forget that they have to die, and then kill them off and make yep. us feel sad. Yeah. 
pretty much. These... Yep. The people who've worked on Andor and Rogue One are my favourites. I like them. Something I will say about the Andor compared to like Mandalorian stuff, I love how much like actual physical sets they're using in this show. Because Mando was done a lot on the virtual set with the whole like, um, script. Season two was. Season one was a lot of practical stuff. No, season one, like from the get go, season one did a lot on the screen. That's where it was built for. I thought season one still used a lot of practical sets. No. Nah. Season one used some practical sets, but it used, like, that's where the, the whole screen thing started. I think they lent more into it more in season two once they knew it worked well. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that they're doing a lot of practical stuff in One in this thing I show. will say mm-hmm. about the Rebels so far, although it is kind of cool, I'm not sure how I feel about their blasters just being shaped like AK-47s. Yes, it's like worldwide, like it's shown as like the gun of the people who don't have a lot of money and are therefore normally rebels. But we've never really seen a blaster shaped like that in the Star Wars universe, and I'm just not sure about it. Um, I think a lot of people have said that, and it kind of feels like an oversight on the props department, but... Just because we've never seen it before doesn't mean it doesn't exist. No, but it's... it does just feel a bit weird. Yeah, it's... It's a weird one because it's too much of a relatable weapon shape, which is why it feels weird when it's meant but, to be sci-fi. But I guess if they weren't going to make it a relatable weapon shape, they'd just use normal blasters anyway. So, well, yeah, they're trying to like they've tried to do something where it doesn't look like mass-produced by the Empire. Yeah, and, and I more... guess for the very early days of the rebellion, that does kind of make sense. Yeah, it's it's just really them. It's one of the props where they've gone for it, and it kind of feels a little out of place. But it's not the end of the I world. I don't hate it. It's yeah, just a bit strange. I'm getting used to it. I get you what you mean. Um, and that brings us on to something very different. Yes. So we said last week that Marvel might be abandoning the TV show for Plus. We did. And yeah. instead, they might be moving to just specials. Hmm. And we got an idea of what these specials might look like last yes, Friday. We got our first special. With um, Werewolf by Night. It was Very different. interesting. Oh, it was very different. It was creative. And whether you like the special or not, I think we need to appreciate the fact that Marvel are trying things. Yeah, and it, I think we'd... We talked about it a little bit when it first was teased with the trailer. I think it was at San Diego Comic-Con, right? Uh, yes. I was like, oh, we were like, oh, this being black and white, this feels very like, in a way Old we've been... school horror. Yeah, like it, like classic film horror, black and white, sort of like that vibe, which made it feel like a very art, not in a bad way, but like a very artsy sort of like creative piece rather than like, Typical MCU film. Yeah. Well, um, in a world where every single person has access to filming video essentially in full color, mm-hmm. to make a conscious decision to ch- limit yourself to black and white, yeah, is an art decision. Which is why I think it inherently felt so artsy. Yeah, and also the fact that they very much lent into old school horror style and. 
those like classic black and white horrors that we we know of and played that into things so it was very conscious that they were going for a certain style with this special and i appreciate it like it's very much far away from the typical mcu but i enjoyed having something completely new and like visual style wise um i I do have to say Mm -hmm. the entire special felt like you know the meme from i think it's wreck it ralph it's like just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you are bad guy (laughs) yeah um it kind of it had it had that kind of feel which i don't hate i do think historically there are some issues with the way monsters have been portrayed and the fact that they've taken on characteristics at different times of marginalized groups yeah so to then show that just because you have a monster doesn't mean you are a monster mm-hmm. um i think i think it's a kind of an important message i don't know maybe maybe it's one of the things where i'm looking at it too deep um but i've got i've just got to say because it did make me laugh Last week, for me to tell my story about Swamp Thing and Man Thing. Yes. So, like, the day after we recorded that, I saw an Instagram post with the same story, and I sent it to Horry. Yes. Um, And then for Man Thing to make his MCU debut in Werewolf by Night is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Ted is Man Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted is actually his name. Dr. Theodore becomes Man Thing. Um, what I found out afterwards, the reason Man Thing looked so fucking good, I was gonna he say was eighty percent practical, twenty percent CGI or something. Uh, I think it was even more. Basically, it was all practical except for they did some CGI reworking on the face for expressions yeah. and stuff. So so good. Oh, such a great so, decision. So, so I I love I I loved it so much. I you know what? I can't even tell you what about it was good. And I don't mean that in like a good way or a bad way. But I can't sit here and go, that right there is why I enjoyed it. I just sat there, I consumed it, and I was like, you know what? That was fun. It was nice. It was different. Yes. Thank you. I think the reason we Man Thing felt so good was one, it was a lot it was pretty much practical. So there was no like issue of like Uncanny Valley trying to do stuff with CGI and then noticing mm-hmm. it's out of place. But then the bits of stuff they did with CGI for expression and really sold the character and the interaction with the character made him way more enjoy like enjoyable to to watch because you got to see that kind of like emotional interaction that then drew you into his character. Did did anyone else think he was very cute? Oh yeah. I I sat there. I was like, "Why is he so cute, though?" And Jenna was sat there watching. Him. He's like, "He is really cute." <laughs> it's just the the mannerisms that they gave him. And the way that, like, they portrayed his mannerisms. And, teddy bear kind of vibe. Yeah, it was literally, it was like, he's, like, angry and she just says Ted. And his whole expression then yeah, goes, just, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, everything relaxes. And it's those, yeah. those things that, like, really help sell the character. Yeah, very human. Yes. Uh, um, I loved, by the way, the decision to have the bloodstone be the, the only thing that had colour, as yeah. well as Man-Thing's eyes creative decision to that was very much uh very very well done yeah because it makes it like hold more power and weight to the object yeah i think that um in uh, in places for me personally Mm -hmm. the black and white did cause it to be a bit dark at times 
Yeah. Unfortunately. It happens. Yeah. I think they did a very good job of limiting how often that happened. But there was still a couple of times it happened. Um, I'm, I think, one of the nitpickiest people I know for, like, my brightness of shows and stuff. It, I don't know why it's one of these things oh. that I really struggle to look past. You'd have hated House of Dragons the other week. Oh, yeah, I heard. I heard. I... Slight... Just detail, but I watched it in the dark. on a tangent. <laughs> I watched it on my screen with my blind pretty much closed. My room was fairly dark, so it didn't cause any problems to me. I can see why people had issues if there was any sort of light in the room. It, made, it would have made it hard. But yeah, Blair I, is the worst thing ever. It's, it's one of those issues where, in the right setting, perfectly fine, those scenes. But in a general, like, living room, bedroom on your TV, where it's not, like, cinema, all dark, like, you're gonna, you can come into, the, run into those issues where, like, scenes look too dark. Yeah. But for the most part, bearing in mind black and white does exacerbate them issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they did a very good job. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think the kind of supernatural world they were exploring in this. Mm-hmm is a good sign for what we can expect from Blade and Ghost Rider when we do eventually get them. Yeah. I know the Blade production is having issues, which we'll talk about in a minute, but if they can get this part of the world right, and don't get me wrong, it won't be in this style every time, No. but the fact that they're showing they're understanding these characters and understanding they have to be a bit more or sorry, just not a bit more, just different with them and with how they handle them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is a good sign, and it is always a good sign when Marvel, who's pumping out as much content as they are, mm -hmm. are willing to try new things. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, the fact and that I'm they're... so down for more of these stylized specials. Yeah, same. If like if they want to start doing these specials for Disney Plus, I'm all for them being kind of like st still linked to the world but they're yeah. more standalone and l more relaxed off on the how wall, they yeah. are off the wall characters really creative yeah yes we know that it these characters could be used later on but what happens here ain't that deep yeah exactly um yeah and i i actually quite liked how it then ended with it all turning to color yeah very very cool um and then finding out that she had a red jacket on the whole time really changed my perception of the entire thing as i'd seen it yeah <laughs> I, oh. I i'd assumed she was in a black leather jacket yeah it's one of those things where i've seen some set photos and it's so weird then seeing it all in color because it's like it completely changes your understanding of everything you just looked at like when you yeah. actually see it in color like it's a complete perspective I shift I also love the star they went for of Jack in werewolf form. Yeah. Looked really good. It did I, look I, good. I, I enjoy werewolves not having snouts. I get you, yeah. Um, so them not having that, but still having that. It was, I, I just liked it. it was, I, I liked the style. I like how they got around not trying to CGI transform him because that would have been yeah. a pain. One, to get to look good, and two, budget-wise, they just were like, oh, we'll do it from... What we'll just show what everyone's seeing. It was a really fucking cool scene as well. Oh yeah, because the flashing light and the shadows made you. Because Jenna is like she does not do horror films. She doesn't do scary at all. Okay. 
So I was like, this could be a bit creepy. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And she was like, okay, we'll give it a go, see how we do. And then as we're watching that scene, it was a bit creepy. But she was like, this is really cool. Having yeah, the was... girl kind of recoiled in fear as you see the shadow behind. It, it, it like, mmm, such a good shot. But that also screamed like old school horror because they didn't. They, yes, they it weren't, really did. Because back then they didn't show that stuff because they couldn't. They had like no physical way to actually like they didn't have CGI back then, and trying to do any well, transform like that through practical would be impossible. So they would so, do tricks like that, which I think I, is what sold it. I can't remember what it was called, but my dad said there was a really, really scary horror film that he saw growing up and it was like old when he saw it mm-hmm. so i want to say it was like from the 50s or 60s maybe right um and it was about like this monster that could shapeshift and it would kill you okay but you never saw it kill you just saw the shadows mm-hmm. and then you saw it walk away in like cat form not in monster form got you and he was like, and to this day, it was one of the creepiest and scariest things I've ever seen. But you didn't see anything gory. Other, honestly, a lot of horror comes from the anticipation of not actually... Getting people's brain. Yeah. Not showing them and they building up the anticipation. So overall, mm. I think they just did a great job across the board. And then it ended I'm... with a, the fun little scene between Ted and that yeah. having coffee. <laughs> like him waking up like hungover because obviously... To transform back to human, like into a werewolf, a lot of. Do, do you know the funny thing is though? Everyone kind of sees this, and no one is surprised at the idea. That it feels like hungover. Everyone's like, "Yeah, no, I can see that. That makes sense." Well, you I, know, I they're every... like the way they always sell like a werewolf transformation is it's very physically painful for that person. So the I I feel like everyone just kind of expects it's like essentially you just beat your body up. To yeah, you've got to feel like shit the next day. Yeah, you, it's going to feel horrible. So I don't think people... I think that's what, like, it's kind of one of those things that, like, in cinema and in storytelling has just always been instilled. So it's kind of just an understanding. Um, I like that Ted wanted to get sushi, though. Man-Thing yes. likes sushi. <laughs> like Man-Thing man, man was an absolute goat. And the good um, stuff. I'm more of a Swamp Thing guy myself, Ooh. but Man-Thing is very good. I just think DC have used Swamp Thing better than Marvel have used Man Thing in the past. Yeah, I mean, give Marvel um, a chance. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Overall, we ate good this week though. Yeah, we did. Um, and while I don't want Marvel to abandon the Disney Plus TV shows, no, I'm okay if they want to lower the amount of TV shows and for every TV show they take out, put a special in its place. Yeah, and there's like some of the show, like some of the shows, you could do in like a two part special or something. So there's definitely things like that where they, if they feel like they're trying to stretch a show out when they actually think, actually, this would work better as like a two part special or something, like, sure, go for it. Uh, I'd like them to do that, and then for shows which they know they want as a show, is extend the episode amounts on those shows. And then I think across the board, everything will feel better. Yeah. And I think we've got another special this year as well. I'm pretty sure we have a Guardians holiday special. Oh, the Christmas one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because didn't that get pushed back from last Maybe. year? I think. 
Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's the, uh, this holiday season at some point, so that should be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and this brings us on to the new, 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 new Nerd News Network stuff. <laughs> the Nerd News Network. Breaking um, news. Marvel with mass delays. They are pulling off their best DC, and they're still doing it better than DC. Well, yeah, because they actually have a valid reason. Well, I mean, they also have more stuff to move, so the delays seem even more. Oh, yeah. Basically, Blade is royally fucked at the minute, and they're trying to take the time to get it right, which is, I mean, not something we should be cheering them on for, but we should say thank you for not just trying to force shit down our throat and instead going, let's fix this. As a result of that, and the fact that everything in timeline order does kind of matter. Yeah. Everything after Blade has been shuffled back. Which Realistically, we... all of this stuff would have moved anyway. Nothing yeah. has ever come out on the date we were told it was going to come out on when it was first announced. No. Never, we, we even said that after Comic-Con. We were like, yeah. these dates are going to shift around. Yeah, it always happens. Um, I We talked about it last week because I forget. Who was the director that we said came on to Blade? Sam. Sam, that was it. That was it, it. It looks like that might have been bullshit. I don't know. I say if if it's true that he has, I believe that he's got on because Kevin wasn't happy. He's got there. He's like, right, where's the script? Give me the script. Gone over the script, and gone. This this isn't this is we can't work with this. We need to re we need to do a rewrite pass. Um, and that's not like he. I I think it's coming from the form of like we got the news that Blade was having troubles. We got the news that Sam Raimi was stepping in, but like nothing had been said about delays. And I think it's like, it's taken like a week. He's come in, looked over everything and gone back to Kevin, gone, look, this is the state yeah. of things. And Kevin's like, right, fine, we'll push that it, back it, and it'll continue. We'll just... It's almost like he actually sent Sam in to get like a state of affairs and just like yeah. go in, see what's happening, and then we'll work out what we're actually doing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think that's what's happened. And yeah, unfortunately, but... things have got. Like, other things have got pushed back because of that. But I'd rather that than them try and force a bad script because they don't want I, to delay. I am of the opinion no film is good if it gets delayed more than two times. Yeah. One delay, I'm not too worried. Yeah. If it gets delayed again and again, obviously COVID delays don't count. Yeah. Uh, but if it gets delayed again and again, I'm going to start being worried. I... Um, but... We'll cross our fingers. Hopefully Blade is good. They've got Mashara Ali, who, like, when they said they wanted to do a Blade film, I remember sitting down and going, um, him, that that's who you hire. Very easy. Very easy casting decision. <laughs> yeah, we. I, I would hope now it's just like, if it is Sam Raimi, he's sitting down with Mashara and they're working it out, and then he'll go to Kevin, and Kevin will be like, yeah, okay, cool, go. Get this, get this ball rolling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed, all all that works out. Indeed. Um, and very excitable news. <sighs> I, I knew when I saw this, Mate, be very excited. I, I was, I literally was sat in my office at work, bouncing up and down. <laughs> Miles Morales Spider-Man game is coming to PC. Was it November eighteenth? Just over yeah. a month. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. I'm so excited. I, I cannot fucking be. wait. For the viewers Give that don't know, kind of only recently played the Spider-Man game. Well, yeah, 
I, I never had a never had a PlayStation. I was an Xbox guy. I did almost buy a PlayStation to play these games, to be honest. Um, but then they announced that Spider Man was coming to PC and yes. they can't come out in August in the end. Um, yeah, like and I played through that quickly, loved every second of it, and I was like, now I need them to announce Miles. Um, it took them a little bit longer, but they did announce Miles pretty sharpish. Yeah, I'm um, surprised to be honest because we hadn't had anything. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a while. But I'm sure, based on Sony's arguments against why Microsoft should be allowed to buy Activision, that all future Spider-Man games are going to be releasing on all consoles together. <sighs> hmm. Sorry, that's just me ranting about other stuff that we don't need to talk about on the podcast. But still, very excited I... to be able to play as Miles. Um, yeah. While I am a very huge cool. Peter Parker fan, Miles has got a very special place in my heart. I don't know what it is. I just enjoy him. And I'm excited to be able to play the game as him. It's going to be so sick. Make sure yeah. you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch me play that game and just be an absolute fucking loser losing my mind over how cool it is the entire time. Yeah. But I think that brings us on to the superhero showdown this week. It does. It does. And, and it we, does. And this week we won't dive into it before all you've right, read. All right, all <laughs> you, right. Well, how many allegations thrown at me before we've <laughs> even started? I think it's my fuck up this week. We'll see. <laughs> um, superhero showdown as follows. Oh. Point blank. Uh, bloodlusted. They're both bloodlusted. That's the word. <laughs> Fucking hell! It's been a long. week I wondered week. where you were going. It's been such a long week. Yeah. Um, bloodlusted. They don't have anything they don't normally have. Ghost Rider versus Captain America. Ghost Rider is the lower seed, which is where I think I fucked up, because that means he has the advantage in the fight. He's also like a cosmic ish powered being, whereas Captain America is very strong and smart. But I still don't say my seeding was wrong. But I also don't see how he loses. Yeah, so are we saying his advantage is he's got his bike? Because that's what... Wait, no. What did we do last time? Last time he didn't have an advantage. So yeah, he so, took his bike away. Yeah, that's what I'm... Yeah, so... As the advantage to the other person. So... That means so that we're base, assuming... he's got his bike. Yes. So what's his advantage on top of that? <laughs> what does Ghost Rider get? I don't know what Ghost Rider can get on top of that. Um... Let's have a look at Ghost Rider's abilities, because we're very prepared here. Um, it's been a very long week. It has been a very long week. Paraphernalia. You should go whip a bong out. <laughs> um, he has his mystic chain, his shotgun, yeah. pistol knives, hellfire shotgun, motorcycle. I mean... I think we just go Cap doesn't have a shield. Yeah. Not that him having a shield, I don't think would make a huge... Um, I mean, it's made of vibranium, which is pretty strong. True. I think it'll be able to hold up against it. 
Because I, although I think all of his stuff is imbued when he's in Ghost Rider form, I don't think any of it's made of Uru metal. I think it's just like really like magical. Yeah, I don't know what his mystic chains properties um, are, but while I'm going to sit with a dead straight face and say Captain America deserves to be the higher seed, I also don't understand how Ghost Rider doesn't win. Yeah, me neither. Cause like, do you see my do you see my issues here? Yes. I think I've seeded them based on general power and comic books and blah 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 blah. But in the situations what you put our fighters in, and with it just basically the, comes down pairing. to strength, stamina, and health. And you've got to look at it as like this, right? Ghost Rider's on a bike with a chain. You've got Captain America stood there with no shield. He has freedom. <laughs> he has oh, free. Canada. He has freedom in quotation marks the good old american freedom um yeah uh, there's he's like a white christian he has proper freedom i know he is fast but i don't think he can really run well maybe he can he probably can run down a motorbike but not not ghost riders but yeah probably not ghost riders so uh, go, go, ghost rider wins he he, he 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 trips him up with the chain he ties him up he then either melts him with said chain or he uses his penance there Always shotguns him with yeah, his Hellfire Cap, shotgun. Like Cap puts up a good fight, but he's a human. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, Cap could get him off the bike. I think he can outplay him in that sense, probably get him off the bike. But I don't think he out like he can outfight him, like even hand to hand. Like Cap's strong, Cap's got stamina but at the end of the day you're going against fucking ghost rider who is hell imbued yeah like there's not so, much like you can only go so far against that unfortunately exactly um uh, so i mean captain america is out yeah i mean it's it's a rough one because you know just get good scrub but you hate <laughs> to see it just learn um, to skip rope Honestly, um, and that for now oh. is going to finish up our Marvel Heroes bracket. Oh, the first. Got... So, so we've na- we've now got the final left for the Marvel Heroes, which is Ghost Rider versus Beta Ray Bill. Oh yeah. Ooh. So we will be next week. We'll be going, or from next week, we'll be doing the Marvel villains until we have the final matchup for each of the four. And then we will play that through. Very exciting time to be alive. Which means next week is going to be Ultron versus Hori's very um, thought out character of Demo Goblin, who neither <laughs> of us know fucking anything about. Whoa. I googled him before I picked him. Tell me who his alias is right now. Who his alias is? Yeah. Don't Google it. I can hear you typing. I can't tell you that. You know what I'm like with remembering that shit. But I definitely Googled him. He has, like, powers and shit in there. Um, Even Googling him, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Wait. It's me... not been revealed. No one knows who he is. Um, Because I think he's he only a, ever he appeared as... Genuine... De- he, has, he, has, he has a genuinely secret identity. Pog. Um... It'll be interesting. He has some 
interesting powers. So we'll see how it goes up against Ultron. I'm going to have to read up on him before next week. Yeah, you are. I'm going to rely on you to come up for his advantage, give him a chance against Ultron. Okay. I'd laugh if it was a bad idea giving him the advantage. I don't see that being a problem, but we'll we'll deal with that when we get to that. I start looking him up and I'm like, oh, he is. Ooh, this is why they've not used him. He's too strong. <laughs> they wrote themselves into a corner, so they had to just... Him. Stop. Yeah, they just shelved him. Anyway, um, that's going to be it from us. Um, what have we got next week? Next week we'll have Rings of Power. Power finale, which actually comes finale. out the same day you're listening to this episode. So We'll have Andor episode 7. Yes. We'll have character profile. I mean, tomorrow's a lighter week. We might do two character profiles. Yeah, depending on whatever news comes out. Um, well, we'll obviously do our news. We'll have our super showdown. We'll have our final thoughts on Black Adam as well next week. Yes, we will. Um, so there's lots to tune in for next week, but thank you for tuning in this week. Make sure you like and subscribe and just click all of the buttons you can find down below. Yes. Um, see what happens. Them. Play around with them. Um, we'll see you yeah. next week. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.